Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. I am glad you joined as we have an amazing guest today. She was a recommendation from a listener and I am looking forward to learning more about her lifestyle and wellness journey and how it intersects with parenting. Welcome to the podcast, Ellie Keen. Yes, you got it right. Good job. <laughs> we were just talking about Ellie's last name and she spells it differently than the Keens I have known in my life. So I had to make sure I didn't butcher it. Well, let's just start with a little bit about you. Where did where did you grow up? So I grew up, well, I was born in Bloomington, Minnesota, and then I grew up in Faribault, Minnesota, which is where I met my husband as well. And yeah, we met when we were, I was 15 and he was 16 and we worked, yeah, we worked at a local Dairy Queen and we didn't date initially, but a year after we met, we started dating and that was eight years ago in August. So the rest is history. High school sweethearts, as they say. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Did, Did you two always want children? I think so. We had talked about it and it's kind of funny because we have a joke that when we got married, we had a five-year plan. I even got him a mug for Christmas one year that said five-year plan. And oh then my ab- gosh. And then about two years, not even two years into our marriage, I was like, okay, I'm ready for a baby. And he was like, wait, what happened to our five-year plan? And I was like, <laughs> oh no, 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 honey. It was five years from the time we got engaged and then the five years started. <laughs> so keep up hubs right exactly (laughs) well tell me about um your your family now it's not just the two of you yes it's not just the two of us we have a beautiful nine month almost 10 month old little girl named Blair and she is yeah she is super special and we're pretty obsessed with her my little guy is just a couple months ahead of her and it's just cool because they start to learn and change so much and it's also kind of heartbreaking because it's like always a new chapter like oh he's not gonna do that ever again right I know or the you put the clothes away and you're like oh she's never gonna wear this again yes the clothes yeah absolutely well Ellie I want to talk a little bit about your topic and I think I I just want to hear a little bit about kind of wellness and and what it means to you and how you incorporate it into your lifestyle. Yeah, so I think wellness as a whole has so many different subcategories that you can put yourself into. Mm -hmm. There's emotional wellness, there's physical wellness, there's food wellness, there's wellness, you know, having to do with the products that you use. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things we've started to incorporate um, even before Blair was born. um, My husband had quite a few health issues. And so in December um, of, I think it was, I want to say like 2018, he completely cut out added sugar from his diet. And Mm -hmm. then I got pregnant in February. So I did, I did about two months and then 
pregnancy cravings kicked in and I said, uh, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was the same way. For some reason, it was the sugar I wanted. I know, sugar and just sour things. But so now that she's getting older and we've talked through kind of the things that are important to us um, and what we want to raise her is just we don't have any you know, added sugar in the house. We have some sugar, but we don't buy usually processed foods and mm-hmm. things that have added sugar in them just to take away the temptation. Mostly for me, it's not really from him, but just the amazing difference that it's made in his health. I mean, he went from having pretty debilitating GI issues, you know, probably five to seven days a week. And it was just, I mean, it would completely knock him out to cutting out sugar. He maybe gets one or two every couple weeks, which is has been insane and such a difference. Wow. Okay. My first question, how did you know or did you know to concentrate on sugar? So he tried just about every diet under the sun. He tried doing a lot of carbs. He tried cutting out carbs, tried doing more veggies and nothing really seemed to work. And I mean, this hasn't completely solved the issues that he's had, but he, as a last ditch effort, I just remember him being so miserable. And it was kind of funny because at that point I was really pushing to start trying to have a baby. And he looked at me one day and was just like, Ellie, the way I'm feeling right now, there is no way I can be a good dad. I just do oh. not have, I, he's like, I, I can't take care of myself and take care of of a baby, like with how I'm feeling right now. And I don't want to be that kind of a dad. And, and so then in December, as just a latch last idea, he was like, well, maybe I'll try just cutting out sugar. I doubt it will make a difference, but he, he, he's a big researcher. So he's constantly on the internet researching things before he tries them. I mean, he completely tore apart our bathroom and did it based on YouTube videos. So he loves to research and do all that kind of things. Yeah, he is pretty impressive. So he researched it and was just, I don't know, he was just lost with what to try. And so we tried that. And then a couple months into it, he was just a new person. It was pretty, pretty insane. And so he hasn't, he hasn't turned back since he's pretty, I tell people all the time that he doesn't eat added sugar. And most people don't believe me because it's just such a hard thing to do and but he is really stuck to it so that's pretty it, impressive it is, I it, it is very impressive that was actually that leads into my next question and I I have never done anything that intense for that amount of time but I have done things like whole 30 and I think when you look to adjust your diet in in a matter that that's drastic. To me, anyways, it was shocking what has added sugar. And like, why? Why is there sugar in this? I was shocked by it. Is that something that you two had to kind of figure out and get used to? Oh, it's insane. The amount of things that have sugar in it, added sugar anyways, is you'll go down to the grocery store and You'll think, like I've even bought things like I was at Target a couple of months ago and they had this thing and it was advertised as no sugar added chocolate with peanut butter. 
And my thoughts were, oh my goodness, this looks so good. I have to get it. And I brought it home and it still had added sweetener that we try to stay away from too, because that's not good for you either. You know, the things that are in like Diet Coke that take away the calories, but Mm -hmm. still sweeten it, like um, aspartame and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just crazy what they hide in and, you know, salad dressings and marinades and just things that you would never, I mean, peanut butter, things that you would never think should have sugar in them that are sweetened. It's just- I bought some, I'm sorry to throw Skippy under the bus here, but I bought some Skippy Natural, or, or gosh, was it Jeff? No, I think it was Skippy. And it said all natural, whatever. I didn't read the label, dumb, dumb. But I got home and I was like, okay, adding sugar does not mean all natural. Like why, why is there sugar in this? Yeah, it's insane. You have to be really, really careful. And I catch myself all the time remembering, oh, you can't trust something. And it's a term that I use a lot in wellness with um, like household products and it's called greenwashing, which essentially is where something is marketed as being all natural or good for you. And then you read the labels and you look at it like, this is not actually good for me. This has 14 Mm -hmm. extra ingredients that are flavoring it, that's sweetening it, that shouldn't be there. When you think of peanut butter, you can make peanut butter with literally just peanuts. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's all this added in to make it more desirable and more, I mean, essentially taste better, it's just insane. There's just so many products like that. One one thing that I'm immediately comes to my head, and that probably tells you something about my lifestyle, but does that include alcohol? Are you too no alcohol house? You know, alcohol is a tough one for me. My dad is a recovering alcoholic. And so Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm more careful with. Um, And it just doesn't make us feel great. The one alcoholic drinks that we really enjoy are actually White Claws. And that's because we really like sparkling water and they don't have a White Claw only has, I think it's like two grams of added sugar in it and it doesn't have unnatural sweeteners in it which a lot of those low calorie drinks do so that's Mm -hmm. kind of every once in a while if we're feeling it we'll just we'll go for the white claws which sounds so I don't even know basic yeah (laughs) yes I was thinking teenage girl but teenage girls shouldn't be drinking alcohol (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh that is funny you were talking about the different facets of wellness, right? The yep. emotional, mental, health, et cetera, et cetera. Are all of those things that your family focuses on or would you describe your lifestyle, you know, more focused on different areas of it? You know, I think it's hard because you can ask anyone what the term wellness means and they'll find different avenues. I think that um, the main things that we focus on are um, like, you know, food aspects of wellness, um, the products that we use in our house aspects of wellness, um, mental, and I guess there's a lot that we focus on, but the ones that are probably the more forefront would be, um, the food like we talked about, and then household products. And you mentioned greenwashing. Talk to me a little bit about 
you know, what your goals and priorities are in that realm? It was something that I had thought about for a while, but never really fully invested in it because you think of it as being kind of an expensive avenue to go down, you know, switching Mm -hmm. out all of your household products. And then you think through all the products that you use on a daily basis. And that can be up to 50 products if you're putting makeup on every day and you're taking a shower and you're cleaning. That's a ton of things to switch out. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, generally those things aren't cheap anyways. And so then I had Blair and I started to breastfeed Blair and I, it really started with me. I had been using a Victoria's Secret perfume that I sprayed on my chest every single day. And as I started breastfeeding her, and obviously babies, they breastfeeding, she's sucking on your skin essentially, and just the her touching every aspect of my body. And I began to think, oh my goodness, I am spraying this. What is in this spray that she is now touching and putting in her mouth? Mm-hmm. And so then I really got to thinking about it and I did some research and I looked into what I was actually using every day and I actually got an app called Think Dirty app. And I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a really fantastic app. There's a, nut, there's a bunch of them that you can get and they basically score what you're using on a scale of zero to 10 and zero to three falls in the green range and then I think it's uh, four to six is like the yellow medium range. And then above that, you get a red, which is, you know, essentially is danger what they're saying. And I think most of the products that I was using every day were falling in that 10 range. And it just made me realize that it didn't matter how much something cost that my child's health was way more important than that. And also, I was just disappointed in the fact that I had been using this stuff for years. And you are you just have no reason to question why you're using something mm-hmm. when it's been something that you've used for years. Your parents have used it. Your friends use it. And there was just no transparency from these companies about what was being used to make up these products and were they actually okay we'll be back after a short break today's episode is sponsored by strip after several months of maternity leave i am back to work which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. Well, I do enjoy wearing makeup. I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that, frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. 
Now back to Parent with your host, Kelsey Higgins. Why do you think that shift is coming from in terms of like a generational interest in knowing what's in your product? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that the main thing for me was I actually followed someone on Instagram and she just shared about how the products that she switched over, it didn't even have to be a specific brand, just switching over some of her products to cleaner products and making sure that you're reading labels made me really take a deep look at what I was using and why I was using what I was using. And a lot of it was like I used ivory soap because my mom used ivory soap growing up. Mm -hmm. I used Comet to clean my sinks because my mom used Comet to clean her sinks. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that just because my mom used it didn't mean that I had to use it. And that was okay. And it didn't make her a bad parent. And it didn't make me a better parent for switching out the products. But the more research I did and the more I looked into what I was using and the ingredients in them and how it was affecting not only my body, but then you have that added responsibility of being a parent and influencing what your children will use and what their children will use, it just became a no-brainer to me to switch out the majority of the products that we were using because that was like I was the majority of the products I were using was using was because that's what my mom was using. And so Mm -hmm. if I could kind of break that cycle of using something just because she used it and that's what I grew up with using that it would affect, you know, generations of my family to come for the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I, I think that, and not just in relation to something like this specific topic, but in general, information is just so much more accessible that older generations didn't really have the resources to do all of the research that younger generations have and will have in the future. And there wasn't, like you said, it's a perfect example. You saw it from somebody you were following on Instagram initially. Well, unless you're you know, friend Betty is into all natural products. Your the older generations wouldn't have really had that resource. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of it too stems from, you know, like you said, having more research and people just being more invested, maybe. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word. Cause I don't think that my mom would have used those products intentionally to hurt. But I just think that it was, you know, companies just have a way with marketing things so that you would never second guess using them. Mm -hmm. Like you would look at a commercial and, you know, they didn't have the Internet, like you said, as readily available as we did. And so you'd see a commercial on TV for a specific product and it would be marketed as being a good product to use. And it was cheap and it would get the job done and they don't list the side effects of the chemicals that they're using because why would they? They're selling a product. And Mm. so that's just your first go-to and you would have, because they're not telling you 
the list of ingredients, you just don't think to even question. You don't think that a company selling you something wouldn't have your best interest in mind mm-hmm. when when you think about it they're a company they're making money they're not going to tell you all the bad things about their products or what's in their products because they want you to buy it yeah it's like you go on a first date you don't say listen i snore i shower once a week wash my hair maybe Nah, you're not gonna say that you want people to buy you exactly that's yeah that's a hundred percent correct Let's talk about all the products that kids need. Like just off the top of my head, I'm thinking probably some big ones like diapers, you know, wipes, rash cream, all of the things that laundry detergent, softener, those kind of things that our our kids are exposed to. Were there any surprises to you when you transitioned to becoming a parent when you had to begin researching and learning about different kinds of products that you were like, whoa, like why, why is this on the market or why is this ingredient in this product? Yeah, I think that was a huge thing for me. And I try to share about it on my Instagram too, because I think it's just not readily known by a lot of people. A big one that comes to mind is Dreft Baby Detergent. That Mm. is heavily, I mean, it's a baby detergent. And so you would think nothing of it. I had so many friends that used Dreft baby detergent and it smells good. It cleans your baby's clothes. It's specifically marketed towards moms and their babies. And it has that kind of- Okay, Ellie, before you tell me all of the awful things in Dreft, I'm going to say I use it. That's okay. And this is not me being judgmental at all. Because- no, I, it's not. I, but but you're right. For all of those reasons, I spend more money to buy draft because I have been told it's more gentle for babies. Exactly. But when you look at the ingredients, it's actually a 10 on the Think Dirty app. Oh. I know. I know. But it's, I can't tell you how many people have messaged me when I brought up the whole draft conversation saying, but it's marketed for babies. And yes, it is, but that doesn't mean that it's good for babies. It doesn't mean that it's good for you either. And some of the ingredients, one of the main ones is the fragrance that's in it. And what a lot of people don't know about fragrances, it's literally listed on the back of so many different things. I still have things in my house that I'm weaning out that say fragrance on it. And the thing with fragrance is that it has, it's one word, but it can have up to 400 different ingredients in it that don't have to be disclosed by the people making it. That's wild. Yeah. And so the reason that they have that loophole is because, for example, Draft, they have a specific scent. Like if you smell someone's clothes and they're washing it in Draft, you're going to know that it's from Draft because they have that signature scent. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to in kind of like coin that fragrance and so they don't want other people to know what's in it and so they're able to just list fragrance but they don't have to tell you what makes up that fragrance so that other companies can't take their their recipe essentially for that fragrance and use it in their products but the flip yeah so but the flip side of that is then they can put whatever chemicals they want to make up this fragrance and they don't have to tell you what it is Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I know. 
So everyone, I'm sure, wants to know, what do you use to wash Blair's clothes? Yeah, so there's some really good alternatives. Uh, Seventh generation, they have a free and clear, and I have used that for a really long time. It doesn't have a scent to it, uh, so if you're a scent junkie, that's going to be a a tough sell, (laughs) but uh, it scores a lot lower on the app, and then I use some thieves products from young living so that I can have a little bit of scent in my, um, wash. And so I use their detergent as well. I have a friend who is very much a a young living's, I would call her an expert. I mean, she's, she's been doing it for years and very, very much into the essential oils. And she makes a lot of her products at home. Do you do that? So I haven't gotten into that yet. It is definitely a more sustainable route, which is a hard thing to do all the time when you have a baby. Yeah, what Uh, are you talking about? You just have a nine-month-old. I know, right? (laughs) It's insane. So yeah, I mean, I'm into sustainability as well, which is it's obviously more work on the front half and then the back half you benefit and the earth benefits too. But um, yeah, so there are definitely ways you can make your own detergent. There are recipes. Pinterest is amazing for that. They have so many different recipes and different ways that you can get like use essential oils or use whatever to make it smell better if you're into scents which I am as well that's that was a hard switch for me for sure but yeah there are there are ways to do it I'm not I haven't invested fully into it because babies (laughs) yeah babies enough said yep pretty much when you talk about sustainability do you incorporate that into other aspects as well like I off the top of my head I mean we talked about putting baby's clothes away did Blair use you know recycled clothing what 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 do you use what do what does your husband do I mean does sustainability kind of span all of the aspects of your lifestyle yeah so sustainability thankfully there are so many amazing thrift stores that have fantastic options and with baby clothes, mostly, especially the first six months, babies mm-hmm. barely hang out in their clothes or in their sleepers. I would say 95% of the time I had Blair in a sleeper because as cute as the outfits were that we got from baby showers and from friends and family, they just did not make sense to put on her, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Those buttons are tough. Amen. And so thrift stores are really a really great option. I'm not saying that I don't ever buy her new clothes because I love baby clothes and Target has some very cute baby clothes. Target knows how to get those moms. I mean, we're suckers for that cute stuff. They do. And they have this brand called Art Class. And oh my goodness, it is some of the cutest baby clothes and toddler (laughs) clothes. It's just so darn cute. But anyways, yeah, I've started, and before then, like before Blair was born, um, doing garage sales and thrift stores and repurposing things and trying to be more mindful of what I buy and what I'm bringing into my house and knowing you know, that you don't want to buy something and then a month later get rid of it. 
and making sure that instead of throwing things away that I don't like, donating them back to a thrift store that can repurpose it and hopefully someone will buy it. Um, Of course, there are things that, you know, are difficult to repurpose and that just end up needing to be thrown away. But there are just so many, I mean, fast fashion is all the rage right now with, I think it's called Shein. I don't know how to pronounce it. And H&M and all those brands that have the cutest clothes for really good prices, but they're Mm -hmm. just not ethically made or uh, sustainable to the environment at all. We'll be back after a short break. Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work, which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. When you think about... Blair and your family over the next couple of years, what are some goals that you have in in mind from just a a parenting perspective? And and that could include your wellness goals or not. Yeah. So I think I just want Blair to grow up knowing that her health and her wellness is important both mentally and physically emotionally and that if something isn't working for her that we can switch it up too I think it's so easy to get stuck in one way and I know this is going a little bit of a different direction than what we were talking about but just knowing that there's flexibility in routines and with what you use And I find so often that people, and not to bash people's wellness journeys because everyone's wellness journey is completely different, but it's so Mm. easy to get stuck using one product that works for you or one product from a specific company and just knowing that there are different things that everyone can use and to not be, and to also not be judgmental of other people's journeys and where they're Mm. at in their journeys, I think probably one of the main reasons I didn't get started with wellness sooner was just that fear of ridicule and judgment and being labeled a certain way that, oh, she's into so-and-so. Oh, is she poor because she's shopping at a thrift store? Oh, is she a hippie because she's using Mm -hmm. essential oils? Like, There's Mm -hmm. all those labels that can get put on you. And I think they're 
so wrong. Like growing up, my family, we shopped at garage sales, we shopped at thrift stores. And I had so many people that were judgmental towards what we wore or what someone else wore because they thought, oh, well, if she can't afford to buy something from Hollister, then she's not worth being my friend. And I think that is a terrible thing to teach your kids. And not Mm. that that's taught necessarily, but just that that's what kids learn from just being around and just in the society we live in that material objects are more important than who they are as a person. And Mm. so I think just along with the sustainability and and the wellness and how much better it is for our bodies. I think it's also better for our emotional health as well, because I just want her to know that it doesn't matter what she's wearing or what kind of perfume or not perfume she's wearing, that she is herself. And that is the most important thing that she is who she is and who she spends her time with should accept her for that. I can tell you this now and I will call Blair up in a decade and tell her she is so lucky to have you as a mama. That was really sweet and we could all, you know, hope to be that kind of influence in our kids' life. So I love that. That is an amazing goal. Did any of those fears actually come to fruition? Did you feel or have you felt judged or ridiculed? You know, I'm sure that people are judging me, which is fine. And I think a lot of it has just been that I've just stopped caring what people think. Mm. And I think that's also something really important to pass on to your kids is just not caring what people think and just being okay with the journey that you're on. And if it's better for you and it's better for your body and it's better for your family, then that's okay to be doing that. And if people are going to judge you, then that says more about them than it does about you. And how you respond is telling about you. And so thankfully, I've had quite a few people be very, very supportive. And I have a really good um, group of girls that are also on similar wellness journeys. We're all a little bit different, but we have uh, a text group that we talk to each other and that makes a huge difference and I think the biggest turning point for me was because sometimes when you're sharing your life on Instagram when people don't really respond positively it can be really hard Um, but I had a girl that I knew from high school reach out and she just said hey Ellie I just wanted to tell you that I am so thankful that you share your journey because it has given me the motivation and the desire to want to switch my products and to make a difference in what I'm, you know, my kids' lives with what I'm using. And she just sent me this long message and I was in tears by the end. And it was just little things like that, just the showing of support was just fantastic and made me realize that even if just sharing my journey with, you know, 
out into the world who who knows how many people are seeing it or not seeing it it doesn't really matter but if it just makes difference for one person and I'm able to encourage them even if it's different from what I'm doing but just to be able to do what's best for their family and make those hard changes then that's worth it and that's amazing I I could not agree more and I hate to relate it back to me because that is like such an awful host thing to do. Like, oh yeah, this applies to my life in this way. But I want to say, I feel very similar about my podcast and I've never talked about this, you know, on an episode, but I think to me, I have had, I've had a similar situation like that arise where you know sometimes i'm i'm recording episodes and releasing them and i think they're really cool and you know just show a variety of different experiences that people go through and i think it's a cool way to connect parents and even though all of our experiences are different you know it, it it's an opportunity to learn from one another etc but i have gotten a few messages like that and they're just so special. And I, I mean, I remember the first one I turned to my husband and I said, if no one ever listens to my podcast again, I feel like I have been successful because it it was impactful and meaningful to this one person. So I just, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that's, that's cool. And I also can relate to the fact that it's, it's kind of scary to make yourself vulnerable and put yourself out there and open yourself to criticism, which you will also receive. But what I like about your message is I've also heard you say a few times that it's different for every family. So what's what's right for you and your child and your family might not be right for someone else's. And that's okay. It's just encouraging parents to kind of step out and try those different options. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that stems from just this whole social media culture. It's so easy to be what I call a keyboard warrior and call people out for not doing things the way that you would do them or the way that you think is right. And I just, I don't know, I can't get down with that. It's just not... That's not an effective way to reach people and it's really demeaning and it's easy to tear people down and I feel like in a society that already can tear people down, I don't need to be that kind of a person. So Mm. yeah, I just, I try to share what I'm doing and like I said, I've had a couple people reach out to me, like the whole draft thing, I had a mama reach out to me and say, but I've been using draft and it works for me and I said, that's awesome. I'm so glad that it works for you. I'm just sharing what works for me. And I'm Mm -hmm. giving the information because I feel as though my mom didn't have that information and she might have made different choices. And so Mm -hmm. if I can present the information in a non-judgmental way, and then you can make the decision. And I, I try to tell people all the time, I'm not judging you based on what you decide to use. That the household products that you use, the food that you feed your kid, if you breastfeed or not, if you co-sleep or not, that does not make you a good parent. And loving your kids and 
snuggling them and being there for them when they cry and holding them tight during a thunderstorm, that is what makes a good parent, not what household products you use. Mm, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do I do know. I I love all of that. I totally agree with that. I would suspect and I, I think you alluded to the fact though that you you do inspire some people to kind of step out of their comfort zone and, and try these different options and and maybe seek out a little bit more sustainability or, or wellness or whatever it may be in their lives. I can imagine it's probably quite overwhelming, especially when you sit down and start looking at all the products you're using and all the ingredients and you know, thinking about the financial impact and like, how do you even get started? What kind of advice would you have for somebody like that? Yeah. So I think like you, like we have talked about throughout this is it can be overwhelming. You know, you look at all those products that you're using and there's so many and it's daunting. And, you know, in a time of uncertainty with everything going on in the world, you don't know where your finances are going to be. So it's a huge commitment to make to say, yes, I'm committed to switching out all my products. But the nice thing is that so many, you know, so many companies come across as being more expensive. The big one for me is native deodorant. Mm. And it's not even, I mean, it's a, it's a, they have some great products for sure, but you know, reading the labels, you look at it and it's not overly different from the $5 deodorant. And so why are they marketed as being $12 and the other deodorant is $5 and they're very similar products. And so a lot of that just goes to just doing your research. There are so many products that I use that um, are actually way cheaper than the other products that were you know, things that I didn't want to incorporate into our household products. Uh, a really good example of that is a brand you can get it at Target and Amazon. It's called Dr. Bronner's Soap, and it's mm-hmm. an unscented soap, and it's $16. It's this huge jug. And at first, I was like, oh, that's still kind of expensive for a huge, you know, jug of soap, but whatever will go with it. And then I read the label and I realized that this soap is so highly concentrated, you can actually water it down significantly for it to still have an impact. So it actually ends up being significantly cheaper than going and buying hand soap from whatever brand, I don't even know, Mrs. Meyer's brand. It's way cheaper than that. And so it's just knowing what products there are. And the biggest thing is if you're feeling overwhelmed, is just to focus on one product at a time. Mm. And I think that can be really hard, especially if you're a big picture person because you just want to get it all done, switch out everything. But I think the best approach is to just look at one thing. So for me, the most important thing for me to switch out was my perfume. And so I got rid of all my perfume and I bought some essential oils and I made a perfume based on that. That was one thing in the midst of being I think I was two months postpartum, so overwhelmed anyways. Mm-hmm. And the daunting thought of switching out all my products was just overwhelming to say the least. And so when I got the advice to just work on doing one thing at a time, so for that month, my goal was to switch out my perfume and I did that. And it was 
fantastic. It felt amazing. And it was so easy and stress-free and not a huge financial burden. And then the next month, I wanted to switch out my cleaner. So I bought, I actually bought some Thieves Cleaner, which is ends up being, I think, 10 cents a bottle for a 16-ounce bottle, which has lasted me, I clean every surface with it, and it lasts me about probably three to four weeks. And so that's a pretty, you know, when you, when you look at it that way, it's way cheaper than it's a, it's a more of a cost up front, but I won't have to buy another bottle for probably a year. Mm -hmm. And so it's saving me a lot of money. The next month, I think that was in March, I got that. And that was my one switch out for that month. And I wasn't going to focus on anything else. That was my switch out. And then the next month I did toothpaste. And then the next month I did, I think I did my shampoo. And so it became much less of a financial and mental burden by just doing it one at a time. That's really great advice. What What is the old saying? How do you eat an elephant? One, one bite at a time. <laughs> yeah, one bite at a time. <laughs> what have you noticed we talked a little bit about your husband's health uh issues and improvements in the beginning have you noticed anything about your health or mental state or anything after having switched over to a more healthy uh sustainable lifestyle yeah i think it definitely has helped me relax a little bit more I think when you become a parent, you have so many worries. You worry about if your kid's sleeping too much, if your kid's not sleeping enough, if they're eating too much, if they're not eating enough. There's Mm -hmm. just, it's this constant cycle of worry for your kid and making sure that you're doing all the right things for them. And that just took away one less thing that I was worried about was as she's gotten older and as she's crawling and touching everything that she's not, you know, putting chemicals in her mouth. That for me was just a huge release of something I did not have to worry about. Mm. And it made a huge difference. And it sounds so minor, but for me, it was just a huge thing to just be able to say, I'm comfortable with what I'm cleaning with. I'm comfortable with what we're eating that she can eat any of it. She can touch this product and not that I necessarily want her to drink it because that's not good for any cleaning product, (laughs) but that she can touch the surface that I just cleaned and put her hand in her mouth and I'm not going to flip out that she just put bleach in her mouth. Yeah, that's that's an unintended, not I shouldn't say unintended, for me that would be an unintended Um, outcome because I think of even when uh, we clean my we have two bathrooms and one we call my husband's bathroom that's one the tub that's where the kid um, takes a bath but after my husband cleans his bathroom we both aren't comfortable with my kid taking a bath in there until he's at least showered once or twice and kind of you know washed the chemicals off a bit um, so I, I, I did, I had never thought about that till I heard you talking about it, but to not have that worry, like, okay, we have to give him a bath. When's the last time we cleaned the shower? Okay. Have you showered since then? I can 
understand that. And that's really interesting to me. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And like I said, it seems so minor, but when you become a parent, you have so many worries. So just to take one small worry off of your plate can make a huge difference for your mental health and emotional health. I mean, you have enough hormones running around anyways. I still feel <laughs> like I'm recovering from giving birth nine months ago. Oh, definitely. And so yeah. And then another huge thing for me has been sleep. I have started um, actually diffusing some oils when I sleep. And it's not that you know they knock me out like a drug because that's not what they do. But actually your your brain interprets a certain smell and associates it with what you're doing. So if every single night you're diffusing a certain scent and then you associate it with sleep, so then as you get more used to it, when you'll put that scent on, you'll your brain will kick into, oh, it's time to sleep. And oh, that, so interesting. Yeah. So it's made that's made a huge difference with my sleeping and my stress. I actually have a specific oil roller ball. It sounds goofy, but I roll it on when I walk into work and I'm a nurse and that can be stressful enough. But as I'm walking into work, I smell it and I associate it um, with being calm because I've used it when I'm calm before and it just helps my heart rate go down a little bit, especially if I was in traffic on the way to work and I'm running mm. a little bit late because Blair was crying uh, and I didn't want to leave her, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. And so it's just, it's so interesting how that sense of smell can really make a huge difference and affect your emotional mood and your sleeping and all that stuff. Our bodies are really amazing if we let them be. It's so true. I, I'm sure that you have inspired some listeners or at least intrigued some listeners today. So if they want to learn more about you or follow along with your journey, is there somewhere that they could do that? Yeah. So most of what I post is on Instagram. So that's, I post, of course, cute Blair pictures. So if you're into cute Blair oh, pictures, yes, and she is, <laughs> she is awful cute. So yep. That is where I mostly share. I share tips and tricks. And when I go to the thrift store, I generally will share a thrift haul. I actually have one that I need to share. I just haven't gotten around to doing that yet. Um, and different recipes that we have tried and different alternatives that we've switched out um, to make the no added sugar thing a little bit of a softer blow, especially to those of us that really enjoy sweets. Mm. Yeah. Amen. That's me. Hi. Yep. <laughs> um, what is your, I'm going to sound so old. I'm not that old. I just don't know all the lingo. Is it a handle on Instagram? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I know that's what it is on Twitter. What's your handle on IG? Yeah. So it's at Ellie Keen. It's literally just at my name. Oh, yeah. Wow, no one else had it taken, huh? I guess not. There's not many Ellie Keens <laughs> out there. So I guess I'm a little bit unique in that way. I really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like I learned a lot and left with a lot of things to think about, but not, I don't feel, um, you know, judged or stressed out about it. Just maybe like a little bit more awareness, which I think is cool. You have a good messaging for everyone. Oh, well, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed this as well. 
And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining as well. I invite you to tune in again next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time.